0: Welcome back to Thai League Central Podcast. I'm Talal. I'm joined by two of the other members here at Thai League Central, Gian and Op. Guys, crazy, crazy weekend of Thai League action. On the pitch, off the pitch, so many storylines we could discuss about. But before we get to all that, Gian, I like that smile on your face. How are you doing? I've got so much to say, but
1: yeah, I mean, I'm a bit busy. University work has kind of taken up my whole day, but, you know, always time to, you know, ridicule and laugh at all the fun stuff that we're seeing in the Thai league.
0: Oh, nice Jersey again. I feel like your collection is getting wider and wider in terms of style and swag. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's, it's a busy, it's a busy week, but when I, Look forward to the weekend. We have BG versus Buriram, and that's no, a, a good thing to look forward to. So yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll hold the the preview of match day five replay, I should say, uh, to later on this week because today we are recapping match day eight. It was supposed to be a full deck of games, all eight games being played. However, the Super Sunday clash between Port FC and SCG Tong. unfortunate events that led to the floodlights not working this one actually before the game around uh, 5 45 p.m. uh, loud explosions were heard there were you know sort of uh, smoke going off and yeah it was a long story basically media there were were blocked off no no images no walking around for approximately an hour to 7 p.m. and then uh, everybody by then gave up and decided that, hey, it, it, it's time to to forfeit the match, I should say. So the official announcements came back uh, today, yeah, today, the, the day that we're recording this pod. So Port FC have been given the automatic disqualification, so they'll lose 2-0 two to Mengtong Tong. Again, they get that 2-0 away win just like what Police Taro did. The difference of course, Police Taro played that one to the 87th minute while Mung Tong didn't even kick the ball, but they'll get all three points. So, all right, Guillen, I want to start off with you. You were with me at that game. Crazy, crazy scenes. Uh, what do you think <laughs> of it all? Well,
1: I mean, I don't know where to start. I mean, it's the second time it's happened in just three home games for port. Uh, it looks like it was a backup generator, which they did not need in the BG game. And they tried it for the first time in the Tong game, which is what we think happened. And then, you know, it just just goes bust minutes before the game starts. And I think just the sort of the scramble in the aftermath was, you know, quite, you know, it, it was quite a spectacle to witness from close range. You know, everybody trying to first pretend that it's okay. And then when that's no longer possible, downplay it and everything that happened after that. Uh, Paul Murphy, you know, summarized our uh, experiences in a great article on Time League Central. So please go and check that out if you want the full story. But sort of two aspects of this, I think we should talk about. Uh, I think that we, this should be our two topics. Um, one is if we think the punishment was fair. I think I'll come on to that later. And the second thing is what it highlights about the ownership structure at Port as a whole. Because it's just a symptom of the main problem, which is the way the club is run. And I, I don't just mean the individual people who run it. I mean, the, the structure of the club is not very conducive to long-term success. So for people who don't know, Port is owned by the Port Authority of Thailand, which is a state enterprise of its Thai government. And they leased out the ownership rights of the team to Madame Bang, who is the owner of Mung Thai Life Insurance. And she first bought a five-year lease. and Now she's on her second five-year lease. And the five-year lease covers the team, so by extension, it covers the stadium the team plays in, and it does not cover many things. It does not cover their youth team, B team, for example. Uh, and what that does is, it because she knows she's not going to be the owner for the long term. She has no intent to invest anything beyond her first team playing squad, because it is when you look at look at it like that. It is really she wants to come in, win the Thai league, and then when the five years is up, the the, the first team returns to the Port Authority. It is no longer an asset to the Port Authority. It is a debt-led entity, which she probably be cleared before she goes back to them. And because of that, she has no interest in building new facilities. She has no interest in repairing the current facilities. And I think if you are a football club and you lease out your club to somebody who you know is not going to take care of the facilities, you know, I think that, that that there is you have to apportion the blame. Part of it goes to her for not looking at looking after the facilities for sure. But also a part goes to when you do an ownership deal like this, the incentive structure is obviously going to be very bad. So obviously mm-hmm. nobody's going to invest in It doesn't give you a return. If you are Buriram and you build a massive stadium and you build a massive training complex, you will get a return on that because you will be, you'll still own it in 15 years. And you bring players through and you bring new fans to your club. If you own Port and you're going to be out of there in five years, of course things like this are going to happen. So it was a bad idea from the start in, to, to, to lease it out and not have a better deal in place to cover facilities. It's already a badly run club for facilities anyways. And this is just basically the end result of all of that
0: yeah it's you know long long short <laughs> term long, long, <rant>. <laughs> long yeah yeah i know but i i understand what what you're saying there i think the all the the short term long term all that stuff with with Thai football it's it's pretty clear that many clubs are are run or i guess have been run and is still running with a sh- a short term mindset you know look at the amount of teams that have gone bankrupt and and disappeared over the past 20 years over just in you know from from 2000 ish to 2020 they're countless it's, it's almost it's almost crazy to to think about how many big names have now been just vanished away from from Thai football so hopefully that doesn't happen with port although it's it's very difficult situation what they're having right now and you're you're right the the lights that's just a a, a small issue or are, i guess a small crack in a bigger uh, you know issue that is happening in, in Thai football so definitely some, something that that should concern all Thai fans especially Port FC fans who want to see their clubs doing uh or being successful long term wise ob you weren't at this game uh but, but I, i'm i'm curious what was your take on on the overall situation and and how do you think about the the, you know, the the FA coming out to say that, I guess the Thai league coming out to say that uh, Port had been given the 2-0 the defeat to to Tong by default.
2: First of all, I'll read my short statement about everything that's going on at Port. So, what's happening at Port FC is a massive disrespect to the fans, players, coaching staff, to the Thai league, and the history and reputation of the club itself. That's my statement regarding everything that's happening at Port FC. Um, I think the, the two new forfeit was correct. I thought the fine was, was correct. And I think that, I mean, um, 500,000 baht is not, it's not a massive issue. It's, it's not going to 50, bro-
0: 50,000
2: baht 50,000. Oh, oh, 50, oh yeah. Okay, the 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 fine won't won't broke Madame's wallet or anything, but that that should send a warning warning to her on how the club is run. Uh, I think what's interesting about Port FC is, I think the club the it's a there's a paradox within the club. Like you said, Thai Thai clubs disappear all the time, and they move all the time, but when it comes to Port FC. When it was ran by the Port Authority, I don't think it was ran well. As, I don't think it was ran well. They don't have money, but their greatest asset is one, their location, and two, their fans. And the fact that they've got one of the best group of supporters in the Thai, Thai league is down to the fact that they don't move and they're located in a densely populated area in a prime location in central Bangkok. That's their greatest asset. Uh obviously Madame coming in and signing up on a five year lease is is the root cause of the issue. But you know, there's something good and weirdly really beautiful about that football club and I I'm just gonna end my statement that it hurts me to see the the fans and the club itself being treat, treated and r- run um, so poorly.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I, I I agree with with so many of your points that you just made on that statement. I think that obviously there there are there are really really good things about what um what Madame has has came in and done with this team, but you know the the at, at the same time what's what happened over the past weekend it, it just shows you know it just shines a light on the unprofessionalism side of, of what's happening at Port and how it's not the first time it's the second time that it's happened to a team that's hoping to win the Thai league and I mean if, if Port go on and win the Thai league you have to just you have to just question what, what is going on with 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 the overall <laughs> structure of a team that's able to go and win the Thai league with two default home defeats. And speaking about the two um, home defeats due to the floodlight issue, if the decision was correct or not, because again, the ball was never kicked. It happened before. And it's an event that it was not anyone's fault. It wasn't uh, any particular staff's fault. It wasn't a guard's fault. Nobody, you know, tripped on the wire or nobody, went in and, and purposely or accidentally made a mistake. It was just an an explosion that happened. So again, do you think the the call to give all three points to Montong was the right call?
1: Well it's it's a tough one. I'm not really convinced in it myself, but not not for the reasons that, that you mentioned. Like that it hadn't started yet. I mean the game was about to start and uh, at, and port were not ready to start the game, which is you know in the rule book you would lose the game. And uh, in terms of whose fault it is, I would contend that it's the fault of the club for not testing their generator and their backup generator. And I mean, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, nobody tripped on the wire, but like, how come 15 other T1 clubs and 16 T2 clubs can keep the lights on week in, week out, right? Like, it's a, such a basic thing. So I I get why the rules say what they do. I think... By the letter of the law, the rules make perfect yeah, sense yeah, to me. Yeah. Where I'm worried about this decision is on the on the moral front. Because you had people, the hardworking people of Kwangtoi, queuing up from 5 a.m. to buy tickets. Some people spent, and I, I heard this from a from a source at the ground, that tickets went up to a thousand two hundred baht. So they started at one hundred baht, two hundred baht, they went up to thousand two hundred baht by the end of the day. People were scalping for tickets. So you pay that kind of money, you get into the stadium and you don't get to watch a football match, and you're this close to getting to watch a football match, it gets canceled in the last second. That The fans deserve some sort of, you know, they deserve an apology for that meeting, which I they receive from the club, but they also reserve, deserve a refund, uh, which I hope they will get from the club. And just giving the decision to the club and giving the club a fine and doing this, it's a way to discipline the the the, the ownership of the club, sure, but it doesn't give any, you know, the people who are really hurt by this which are the fans they don't get anything out of this decision mm. they just get more more pain that they lost the game by default to their biggest rivals and they drop more points that doesn't you know that, that just adds to the suffering of the fans so on on that front it's it's really sad to see and my only hope is that some sort of that the, the fans get some sort of consolation after what happened
0: yeah for sure i think port should do everything in order to please their fans, you know, talk about die heart support, talk about a a community that I guess it's it's not it's not a wealthy community that, that comes to support Port FC. It, it's a very, you know, hardworking, uh, working class community that comes week in, week out and, and shouts and sings their heart out to the Port FC players. So really, really sad what happened to the fans and how they it's almost like they've just been Left out there to to dry, basically. You know, mm-hmm. they've soaked up all the all the all the pressure, all the the um, the amount of money that they had to spend, and then they've just been you know left out there to to go home and and basically uh, miss out on a football match. And to make matters worse, their team lost that game as well. Ah, uh, before I go on to the recap of other games happening on match day eight, any closing thoughts on the the port fiasco? <laughs>
2: I hope when they when the teams gets to play, they put on a great match. You know, they play the players played their heart out, and do the badge uh, proud. And I hope, okay, so supports so playing. Um, in a neutral venue, and I, and I hope they they go to a big stadium, yeah. so that they allow a large percentage. No. 25% of the fans in yeah. the, and so the port fans could travel and see their their team play that's all i asked for simple yeah, and
0: and yeah thank you for for talking about that as well other than the the defeat and the fine we've also heard from Madame herself that port fc will no longer be playing at pat stadium until the end of leg one so 2021 we might see them back at pat stadium you know the the beloved atmosphere the beloved uh, hell for the visitors, but mm-hmm. we won't be seeing that scene anymore. So they'll be playing, uh, at least till the end of leg one at a neutral ground. There's been rumors that it might be July. It might be, uh, Supachala side. It might be Tampa it might be somewhere in the city, but hopefully uh, it'll be a, a larger size than Pasadena that poor fans can travel and support their team. Now let's move on to the recap of the other games happening so there are seven games happening this past week and four on saturday and three on sunday we'll begin with this one i'll I'll start with you you're at this game bg patum extend their lead at the top of the table to four points now they defeat rayong it was a very tight affair they came back from a goal down early in the game two penalties by Victor Cardozo, converts it better than most players do <laughs> in the Thai League from the SWAT. How's the game overall?
2: It was a frustrating game from a BG supporters' perspective, but as a neutral and working on a day, okay, I think it was it was an all right game. Big credits to Arthur Bernadette. the new Rayong FC head coach. He set up his team in a really disciplined manner and his players pulled off the tactics he's been working on. After the game, I had a chance to, to talk to him in the, the press conference and I felt this is a really charismatic coach. He, he spoke well when you asked him, and he, he was really positive with his answer. He looks you in the eye, he talks tactics. It's everything I, I... Just one conversation with him, I I already want to play, play for him. So I could see why why Rayong, the, the, the Rayong players were so inspired and, and they really fought for him in that game. And two penalties, of, I'm not going to go into if it w- was justified or not, but mm-hmm. it was unlucky. And and even um, the head coach they didn't really moan about it. Now on, on to the home team, BG. I, I thought... I think the side showed what we already already knew about them, which is, the sit team is really good on the break. They could defend well with three amazing centre backs, and and can hit opposition on the break. But they do have an issue breaking a compact defensive shape down, and you know, it will be a tough It will be. Uh, a tough game against buriram next week and i i could see them drop a few points against smaller side as the season goes on
0: all right yeah i from from you know a stats perspective i'll pull up the interesting numbers here so bg outshot rayong as 15 shots for bg only 4 for rayong six on target are that 15 for bg while well, for rayong up it was one shot on target, and that, of course, was the goal that they scored way, way earlier in the game, and that was the goal by Danilo Lopez. And, man, possession 66% for BG, only 34 for Ryong So, you know, BG also doubled the amount of passes. Totally a dominant uh, display by BG in terms of controlling the tempo of the game, doing all that stuff. But, again, I want to shift to you now. Is this going to be a concern going forward for them? Because so many sides now are going to say, "Okay, you you can you can now have the ball. I know that you're you're strong defensively. We're not going to attack you. All we're going to do is sit back like Rayong did and just wait for you to you know play against us, and we're the ones that are going to counter you instead." Do you think this is mm-hmm. going to be a problem for BG in the future?
1: Yeah, I think I think from what we can see so far, it is going to be a bit of a problem, and I think the Thai league because of all the external factors in the game, you know, maybe there's bad weather on that day, things go, don't go your way, whatever happens, a team that plays more pragmatically, you know, often comes out on top. Do I see a, this BG team, you know, going to tough away games against teams that will sit back against them now that they are sort of marked as, you know, they are the top dogs, they are the ones to beat. You travel to away games and you play against them, sit back in numbers, can they really break that down? I, I'm not convinced. Um, I think that they are going to be in the hunt for a new forward. They've got to get that right, uh, that signing right in, in the in the window. And it's not just about signing the biggest name, but signing the best fit. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that, which strikers he does and doesn't want to see. But I think getting a player who can unlock defenses will be very crucial as the season goes on. So the, if they get that right, then I see them doing well and and making a you know a genuine charge for the league title. But if they don't get right, get that right, then, yeah, there are some vulnerabilities
0: there. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We're going to now move on to the second game that we will recap for you. And this one was a super clash up north. Sing Chiang Rai hosted Ram United. The reigning champs against the side they dethroned it from. Man, this one was a very tight affair. It seemed like it could go either way. There was chances, clear chances for both teams. The atmosphere was electric. I, I don't, I, I just, watching the game, I couldn't believe it was only 25% of the ground at, at Sing. I think it was 75 at least. I, I'm not sure if the numbers were correct. But anyways, that's, that's not for, for me to say. But amazing sounds from watching the game live. Um, unfortunately, I, I couldn't be there. I wish I flew up north to watch this one. Now, Booyerong came away. Victoria's 1-0, a very, very late header to seal all three points and send them back to Isan with a smile on their face. Renato Kelic with that header. Guillen, you watched this one. You're the, the main guy who was uh, tweeting all the stuff about it. What do, you, what do you think of the game? I mean, Ching Rai looked good. Bui Ram looked good as well. Decent game. Uh, yeah, how, how's your take? Yeah,
1: well, I think Ching Rai deserved a point from the game. Uh, especially in the first half, Buiram Ram did, you know, very well with the ball, very well at pressing, but Ching Rai still managed to get more really dangerous, clear opportunities. So I thought Ching Rai, you know, deserved at least a point from that game. Uh Buriram looked disciplined. They, off the ball, they looked great. Um, they didn't give Ching Rai, you know, much time to be comfortable. I thought Supernat's return to action was very, very promising from him. Uh, and it's the kind of performance you need from Buyram. You know, you've got to be able to grind out results if you want to come back and challenge at the top and Booyram have some ground to make up. So this is the kind of result where you know you don't necessarily deserve the win, but you, you play well and you, you get that goal off a corner at the end it shows that they mean business, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. you know, over time that team's only going to get better. So, uh, I, I would take this as a, as a pretty serious statement of intent from Buriram and I think they're going to keep it up and do a similar thing next week. I won't be surprised
0: to see that. Yeah. And Buriram now we, we we're, it's like, we're seeing a trend, you know, first game back one, nil, barely scraped through at home against Supan. Yeah. second yeah. game late, late winner, up, Buriram back in stride now, or do you think that, you know, Chiang Rai deserved more than uh, a 1-0 defeat at home?
2: Uh, I think will who, who, I mean, they'll march on, slowly but surely. We've seen, I think, Sepulvich had a better game than he did against Supan on his debut. an with, with an assist from the corner kick, and then Kelly heading in and Akma. I'm not going to say his last, his last name is difficult, <laughs> but I mean, Akma was, was so solid. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you expect from a side like Buriram they could play under pressure. They are adaptable. They are reliable. And you know, one more could you ask for, from a, from a, you know, seven times champions and title challenger. It's, it's it's
1: worth it's worth reminding people that even though Buriram are currently uh in ninth place in the table, if they win their two games in hand, they're on ten points. If they win both games, they get sixteen. They're already above Chunburi. They have two yeah. games on Chonbury, Chonbury yeah. fifteen points. So we I mean, we can basically if they beat BG, I they probably beat Rayong at home, if they beat BG next week, we can basically say they're third. Uh mm-hmm bit of an assumption but you can't think of them I mean yes they had the worst start in club history and they're still right there they're still right there and the table yeah. is deceptive they are coming for the top spot don't write them off
0: the the stat on the worst start in club history is it, that's a very very overrated stat because yeah. yeah do very very well year in year out mm. it's like it's mm-hmm. like almost four out of five wins in the first you know I mean sorry three out of four wins in the first uh, four games for every single season. So when they go one win, two, you know, I mean, one win, one draw, and two defeats, it's, it's basically saying, yeah, their their engine's a little, you know, rusty, but they'll <laughs> get back on track later on in the season.
1: I think they had a similar start. I think they had the exact same start in 20, I, I want to say 2013. I might have been, no, 2013, 2014. They had the same, like, uh-huh. oh, one win,
0: I think I think you're talking drawn, about then, 2014. That's the least yeah. year that they went like all the way to the the second half of the table and came back and won the whole thing.
1: Yeah, they won the whole thing after yeah, no, the same bad start they had in
0: Yeah. So yeah, hey, we exactly. could see a repeat. I mean, everybody was <laughs> exactly. counting them out. Everybody was counting <laughs> them out, previewing how leg one would finish, <laughs> and hey, and I they was beat shocked BG. by that.
1: I was stunned by that. Yeah, are yeah, beat was stunned BG
0: next week? They could be first. Maybe they could be first and guaranteed an AFC spot. Talking about AFC Champions League spots, true Bangkok United came into the season with their heads held high and I guess their hopes as well up there in terms of chasing for the spot to go to Asia's most prestigious competition. However, it's now two defeats in a row for them since the return of... The COVID break. Of course, they got that win earlier against Supanbury, suffered a home defeat against BG, and now they've lost away at Chunbury this past weekend. Chunbury getting that winner from Dragon Boscovich earlier on in the game. Op, I'll begin with you. How, how concerned should we be on True Bangkok? It's two in a row now, while for Chunbury, they're up in third. Who would believe that? A very young, mixed with old. Lineup they have there at Chonburi, it seems to be working somehow now for them. So, which which side do you, do you see more on, on this? Is it Chunbury back in form or just true Bangkok not hitting their stride?
2: I think it's Chonburi home form, like like you said on on, on the preview. Chonburi home is a different team when they're playing at home. And uh, as for Bangkok United, I think you should be worried, but not panicking because we've seen it time after time they bangkok united they've dropped points when um i mean they're not supposed to and it's a topic it's a it's a it's a long topic to to discuss for another day but they've got to stop doing dropping points chonbury away i mean a draw is acceptable but a, a loss nah not good enough it seems, yeah. It seems oh, yeah. to
0: be a trend. Yeah. Sorry to cut mm-hmm. you off, but it seems to be a trend on, on true Bangkok side, dropping points away mm-hmm. at teams that they, they have no business dropping points at, you know what <laughs> I mean? But, <laughs> but yeah, go carry on with your Chonburi point.
2: Oh, no, no. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's a mental thing or, or, or how the team is set set up. Maybe Mado needs to be more pragmatic. But then again, when he wins game, he he wins he wins it because he he's, he's pro- proactive. He mm. he goes on in the attack. Yeah. But again, I'll I'll not get into that today. But on on Chonburi, I I think there were encouraging signs, especially the left back. Chat Chat Mong, Chat Mongkol Leung Ratana Road. Okay. Ah. Uh, okay. That's a difficult name to say. <laughs> yeah. Can this I just guy chat like the
1: other chat mongkon yep. <laughs> it's he weird was how brilliant. We have two, he was brilliant. two
2: good kids with the same name okay Chad yeah, uh, yeah. chat Sean chonburi chat mongkon i mean he's an interesting talent and I, i'm glad i'm glad uh sa gives him the chance to to shine and the kids repaying the coach faith really well so far Mm. I'll be. I'll. It's. It's. I'll, I'm interested to see where his career. Um. How do you say? Where his career is, in like towards the end of the season, will he play for the national team?
0: Yeah, long, long uh, road ahead of a uh, very young and talented player. But hey, they're giving chances out there at Chumbi, so why not go out there and give it your all? So, Guillen, I, I want to turn the attention now to to. What's happening with True Bangkok? Obviously, Chonburi—they're—they're they're always going to give a good performance at home. They've—they've throughout the history of Chonburi, it's—it's been a very um, home dominant performance for their club. They've always done very well when they're playing at home, whether they're competing for the league, whether they're you know in fifth or sixth place, or whether they're not doing that well. But they've always done well at home, so let's leave them alone. But for True Bangkok, it's—it's it's two games now that they've not scored a goal, it's, it's, it's weird to see because there's so many attacking options on that side. Usually, you know, the midfield is stacked, the forwards, young, talent players. But what's going on there?
1: I mean, it's, it's really hard. I, I mean, I, I don't know what's going wrong, and that's what makes it so weird. I mean, for a start, Chonbury have won all five of their home games this season. They beat Rayong, they beat Korat, they beat Thrat, uh, and now they beat BU. They've won all their home games so far. Uh, so, on that front, it doesn't seem like too bad a result. And remember, all you have to do is get better results than the other teams around you, you know? So, Chonburi could easily beat Buri Ram and BG at home as well. Um, that's sort of my 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 spin doctor response to, to about BU. But <laughs> in reality, it's it's hard to say what's going wrong because you expect a team like that to be able to score at least once against Chonburi at home, you know? A, a, a you, know, you expect them to, to be able to score at least a goal. And when you have that much possession and you have that much of the ball and you still can't break the, the opponents down and you're so vulnerable to counterattacks, you know, look at the amount of times Manuel or Everton or Fox have to do something superhuman to prevent a goal from happening. Uh, same as last week against BG. I mean, it's great when they pull it off, but the fact that the defensive players have to end up in a position so often where they have to make these tackles, these last stage tackles, if you look at b g very rarely do the defenders have to intervene in that kind of way to stop a goal from happening, but for b u it happens all the time they're so vulnerable in the counter attack, and I mean you couple that with no cutting edge, no you know unable to score. it does start to paint a worrying picture and if if they were more free scoring, then you'd say. Yeah, then it, they will recover. It'll be fine. But you know they haven't been free scoring since they've returned. They haven't scored a goal in two games. So the question is now at both ends of the pitch. And in the past with Bangalore United it was okay. Sure, there are worries at the back, but you you can rely on them outscoring the other team. Yeah. And if they lose if they lose that, then I think you know you there's a there is a bit of cause for concern. But as Alb says, yeah, don't be concerned, but you know don't panic as yet.
0: Yeah definitely i think i think true bangkok they'll get back in rhythm i think that that team is too good that team is too stacked to to fall out from the top 4 given how well they've started so they're still going to be my pick to to finish top 4 when it, when the the ACL spots is all sealed up at the end of the first leg now talking about finishing off we're going to go with the scores from other games happening around the league so saturday Nice to and police tarot. That was a 1-1 draw. Suphanburi lost at home to Trat. Finally get points. Yes, they finally get points. It's a massive, massive away win there at Supanburi for them. 2-1 victory there. Zatsuai with both the goals. While on Sunday, penalties. Penalties happening at Ratchaburi and Prachuap. Some VAR controversies there, but a point shared there and then last but not least also a two-two finish at Simut Rakan and Raj Sima. Nakhon Raj Sima came back from 2-0 down there. So out of those other games happening out of the round league, which one stood out to you? Gien, I'll begin with you first.
1: Yeah I think I think the Supanburi one was was quite a notable one. I think it, it exposed a bit, you know, that they're, they're not not everything is alright with that team. If I remember correctly, they do have a transfer ban And they really lack depth. Like, you know, I looked over at the highlights, looked over at the squad, and they played a central midfielder at centre-back. They only had one centre-back on the pitch. Mm. Uh, And they they looked very vulnerable at the back. Uh, And despite having so much possession and so much of the ball, Drat, you know, probably deserves a victory because they were clinical and they they took the chances when it mattered. So, Yeah. yeah, I think Supanburi are not in the clear in terms of a relegation battle. I see them getting sucked back into that. Uh, and they put up a good performance at Bangkok United program uh, they were okay but it, it's nothing it, it's nothing special you know I think it's people were a bit you know oh that's a great start but when you look at their football it's this standard Thai league fair yeah. and if you take out if you take out Tong Song from that picture I see you know they could be they could be hovering in a dangerous area
0: yeah and I wanna talk about that a bit. They've been close in all the games since the return after the Covid break. You know, they've lost three two at Chun they lost one 0 at home against Sukhothai. they've lost a very close one against Port last week, three two at home. And now finally I think they've all all the hard work and all the the will to be able to uh get their first points finally paid off yeah the hard work pays off so credits to them getting the the big three points away there at now op any other games stood out for you i mean obviously Trat getting the first points and Suphanburi dropping uh a third game in a row now uh, which which other games stood out for you
2: um i i, I I'm, I'm glad nakon has got a point Mm. as I've said on this show before I'm a big fan of Kojo The and I, I, I thought he I think he's a good coach I have like lots of respect for him and the way he's worked and how he set up his team I, I think the the results it's it, I mean it's a two two, 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 two two draw it's nothing special but they came from behind mm. and it felt like a win the fans were positive if if you go on their facebook you you, you the fans there 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 lots of positive comments i mean yeah i know it, it doesn't mean anything but when you're a, a club of like that size you you you're, you're a mid table team those positive vibe around the club the the belief in the fans that they that okay even in tough times they they could get up and, and, and fight for maybe a point i that's that's what could save your season and the 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 goal scorers who, Chichen, um, Chicha, I thought Chicha, he he looks happy and again, he he had a a a solid end to last season. He he came in, he scored a few goals, and now working with Coach Joe, it seems like he's working with a coach who trusts him. And to to see him on the the, the score sheet, I think yeah, yeah, that, it, it's a good it's, it's the little things like there's. A little there's a lot of small victories inside that game. So yeah, Korat for me.
0: I, I think that Thai league as a whole will benefit so so much more with Korat playing in it. The stadium, the fans, the atmosphere, having a, a and another Isan team out there to compete with Buyram size in terms of crowd and everything. And from from a player's perspective and and Joe being a very attack minded a guy, as a manager, there's so, there's like a plethora of options. You have Asam Sal, you have Amadou, you have Dennis Morello, you have Chichinok. You know, it's, it's a good team to work around with. And I just think that, yeah, I hope they get back in form. I get, like, you know, like I said earlier on, the Thai league, needs a team like Colorado with all the fans with all the hype and everything surrounding that province and there's potential there to do great things and I hope that they get back in form. Anyways, thank you so much guys for joining me here today for the pod, Guillen and Up. we have did a very thorough discussion everything from the floodlights to you know late goals and comebacks during match day 8 anyways, till next time thank you so much for joining, peace